The summer that everything happened was the hottest summer Knox could remember. Heat pooled around them all, a soft, wet heat that nobody talked about. It was just what was. Her students didn't talk about it, but stumbled out the side doors of the center when it was time for their breaks and stood mutely in twos and threes that didn't correspond to any friendships or alliances that Knox knew of, but seemed the result of an uncharacteristic economy of movement. Stood with whomever they happened to find themselves next to, blinking, kicking occasionally at pieces of gravel, until they were called inside. On the farm, the foals stood the same way in the fields, unless they had shade or water to retreat into, in which case they drew together with their mothers into a mass of shifting rumps and bobbing necks, sometimes lowering themselves onto their sides, one by one, until the ground was piled with shapes that panted so slowly that Knox would fret about death, respiratory failure, pulmonary arrest if she watched too long, and so turn from the kitchen window of her cabin or walk on. Dumbstruck. Struck dumb. Knox could describe almost anything this way, on the hot days. The town and the farms that spread around it were quieter now that the July sales were over and the buyers had flown away. The land seemed to buzz like the insects did, with vibration rather than sound. Felt, not heard, its tongue thick in its mouth. He coughs you ugly? Marlene said. Her mouth was half full of sandwich, so calls came out coughs. They were sitting in the lunchroom, watching the students through the large window that faced onto the courtyard of the learning center. Nine more minutes until break was over, according to the wall clock above Marlene's head. Well, Knox said, eyeing Brad Toffee as he stepped onto a picnic bench and seemed to ponder whether or not to jump off it, then stepped down and sat heavily on the ground, staring into the middle distance. Yeah, but it's just a nickname. I think it's funny, actually. He's always called me that. Marlene chewed, her eyes fixed on Knox's face. Knox looked back at her and smiled, knowing that it would be long seconds before Marlene could swallow her bite and respond, that the delay was killing her. Marlene, 46 and well into her second marriage, liked nothing more than to discuss Knox's lack of savvy when it came to relationships, or, more accurately, the one relationship she'd ever had. Marlene's hair was frosted and faded into overlapping patches of white, russet, and dark brown, and shook a little as her mouth worked. Take your time, Knox said. Wouldn't want you to choke, Mar. Screw you, Marlene mumbled. A fleck of mayonnaise dropped onto her chin, and she scratched it away with a manicured nail. I don't understand it. You're not ugly. At least, not most of the time. It's a nickname, Mar. Not important, Knox said. Mmm, Marlene said, squinting at her. I guess. Knox shifted in her plastic chair, trying to work some feeling back into her legs and lower body. Last night, Ned Bale had proposed to her again, in his way, as they lay on a quilt at the music festival, finally cooled by the dark and the beer they had drunk while they listened to the amped-up dobros and fiddles. Jerry Douglas was on the stage, plucking the melody for Wildwood Flower over a steady line of bass notes, when Ned rolled toward her and said, We should do it, ugly. I mean, why not?
That was how he asked.